0: and to connect with your soul. Because when you take care of you, your results will take care of themselves. All right, <laughs> welcome to Inflow with Soul. Today my guest is Dahlia. And Dahlia is a certified digital marketing strategist with a deep love for all things online business. She is the founder of Bloom Boon, a digital marketing agency that manages marketing operations of business owners so they can focus on their core genius. Her core passion is in teaching and coaching entrepreneurs on the magic of content marketing, creating content consistently, and how to use content marketing to attract, delight, and convert your audience. She launched her signature course, The Content Monster, in March of 2021, and has since then continued to guide her community, the Thrive Tribe, towards being content confident using effective content marketing strategies. And at the end of the show, we'll talk about how you can reach out to Dahlia. But for now, Dahlia, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Mary. I'm super excited to be here, and I really can't wait to just dive into the conversation. This is going to be so much fun. I love it. I love it. So tell us a little bit about
0: you, Dahlia.
1: Um so I think there's like there's so many dimensions to me that I would want to share. There's dimension of I used to be a software developer for almost 8 years, going on almost 10 years now. And, you know, I transitioned for, from software development into marketing, into product management, first of all, and then into marketing. That's like one dimension. There's another dimension of when I started my first business and, you know, running belly up, <laughs> I had to close things down okay. and then give myself time to sort of think through a lot of things to restart, like strategize, you know, look at how I wanted to proceed with the business. And then in a very short time, I started Bloombone, the digital marketing agency as well. So I think there's like so much, but generally um, what I think I want to really share today is the fact that I am someone who has always loved to follow her passion. I know that, you know, this is particularly common with entrepreneurs and business owners that they want to do something that they love but i think for me personally it has always been about intention because my key like keyword for anyone who knows me is intentionality i am all about If there's something that I know I want to be able to do in life, if there's something I feel I should get, I am going to find out every single thing that I need to get that and I'm going to get it done. So for me, it's all about intentionality. And I think so far in my career, it's all been about what exactly do I really want out of life, you know, and then it has always been pursuing that. First of all, I wanted to be a developer because I absolutely love coding and building apps and stuff like that. And then I got to a stage where I was like, okay, I still want to be a developer, but I love product management. And that's what I did. And then I got to the stage where I fell in love with digital marketing and I said, yeah, I want to pursue digital marketing. And that's what I did. So if there's anything I really want people to know about me is that I love the, um, the theory, the practice of being intentional about what you want. And going right on to get that thing. So that's, that's me in a very short nutshell. <laughs> you
0: are a package of intense intentionality. And I would also bet to say determination. Yeah. I definitely. hear, I hear definitely. that in your voice.
1: <laughs> I love that you hear that. I, I didn't know it was so obvious, but I love <laughs> that you hear that. So I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much everyone for tuning in. This yeah. this, this is going to be amazing.
0: Well, th- you've just given out so much for me to come back to. But before we dive into that, tell me a little bit about um, what's important to you about being the social media marketer. How does that fill your soul?
1: Well, you know, just it's not personally about social media marketing for me. Like, you know, just like I talked about intentionality, digital marketing in as a whole is like the new Form of marketing. So in the past, we used to have things like, you know, outbound. I don't want to get too techy, right? Sure. But in the past, we used to have when we had solely offline businesses, you could open up like an offline shop or in manufacturing or, you know, whatever it is that you opened up. And then you could do outbound marketing. Outbound marketing is when you have to go out there, give out flyers, you have door to door salesmen, just all of that is kind of outward because that's how you can reach clients. But in the new age things have changed right because now we have digital businesses and it's created so many opportunities for so many people where they can literally just be at the comfort of their home and do business so we have to change the marketing approach as well right so the outbound is not going to work because if i'm sitting here i live in nigeria and i want to sell to someone that lives in the u.s or in the uk or in asia wherever it's obviously impossible because I'm not going to go into a flight just to go and sell something, right? Right. So that tells us that we have to change the way that we handle our market. So for me, you know, when I think about digital marketing and I always talk about um, content being a form of communication, so digital marketing as a whole is just it's like the new way that we have to handle marketing and the approach or the strategy that I like to use, which I'm certified in, is called the inbound marketing methodology, right So rather than the outward approach where you're going out there and being okay, this is what I do, this is what I do print out flyers, talk to people while all of that is still very valid, what we have in today's day and age is the inbound methodology where you can sit from the comfort of your home and attract people to your brand right, right. That is the way that we want to that's the way that we want to approach marketing now. Yes, you are still going to do a lot of, you know, going out there, talking to people, whether in their DMs, through advertising, whatever. But the major focus is that for inbound marketing, you need to think about the value that you can give before you receive. Sure, right? Sure. So I think generally, when I think about social media and digital marketing as a whole, it's such a blessing, honestly. Um, The way that I see it, it's so amazing that we can literally sit from the comfort of of our homes, work on our own terms, work at our own times, And be able to sell our business. So you know, you go from being able to attract people to say, "Hey, this is what I do," to serving them and providing some sort of value. And then finally, they've gotten you take them to a spot where you've nurtured them; they feel confident in you. You know, they trust what you say and what you do. And then it's time to exchange (laughs) your value for what you deserve, right? Yeah, that's that's how I see marketing, like social media marketing markets, as the
0: whole. Okay. So we've got intentionality. We have determination. And the other thing that I'm hearing from you now, as you describe this as passion, so yeah, where does this very, passion, very yeah. Where does this passion for marketing come from for you?
1: So I used to be, like I mentioned before, I used to be a software developer for a really long time. But the problem, I won't call it a problem, but the thing was that I wasn't satisfied. So I think it comes from a place of not being satisfied with what people were doing. It's not me trying to be judgmental or anything, but, you know, when you're a developer, you are only majorly concerned with building a product, right? So someone comes to you or you are um, hired by a company and they say, oh, hey, we have this product that we're working on or this app, you know, whatever you want to call it. And they need you to build it. And then you build it and then obviously there's like a marketing team, right? That says, okay, yes. So now the tech is done. We're we're supposed to sell this product. I wasn't particularly, (laughs) so for a lot of like for a really long time, I wasn't really satisfied with what I was seeing. Maybe I got a little bit too attached to the product, right? Sure. Because I might have all just done my job and got out of there. I don't know but i think you know when you're a developer almost every single product that you build is kind of like a baby and you don't want to see your baby being treated in a way that is just like you know for some people they weren't addressing the key features of the product they weren't selling it in the right way they didn't even understand it so i got to thinking like okay is there something like more than when, when you think about marketing, what is marketing like? You know, if I'm, if I'm being judgmental and being like, hey, you're not doing it the right way, then I should be able to do, do it the right way. Yeah. So, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, got me really passionate about marketing. And then I started to do a lot of research, you know, on digital, what is digital marketing? How do you sell products? Which is why i then transitioned from software developer to product manager because i i wanted to be able to talk to users i wanted to be able to be in the design phase as well i wanted to be able to be in marketing so product management is like kind of like merge these three parts so you have design you have marketing you have tech and for me that was really important because besides just building the software i wanted to be able to interact with the consumers and say hey does this software really solve like any problem for you, or did we just spend months developing something that nobody is going to use? Mm-hmm. You know, if it didn't solve it, what were the problems that you really wanted to be addressed? What's something that we can do better? You know, and even in the design phase as well, because the customer journey life cycle as a whole, can be mapped out in the design of the software, right? How do people find the app? How do they interact with it? So, yeah, I think generally the passion just came from a place of wanting to see more and feeling like there was more that could go into it, like. I I don't know. Yeah. So I think it's just like, I want to be, I I feel like we can do more for this app. I feel like we should do more. We should put in more passion. We should have more drive. Just, I think that's where the passion came from. It sounds
0: like it. Now, do you have a particular um, industry or niche that you focus on?
1: Personally, I think, um, in my career generally, so when I was a software developer, I worked with a lot of, um, I think generally I would say service-based businesses, right? I work with, I work with product, a few, a few product-based businesses and I love products like generally, but I think my focus is majorly service-based businesses. Okay. Yeah. Because... For me, it's easier to map out the value. It's easier to map out the transformation when it comes to service space. Product base is kind of, you know, it's it's great as well. It works as well. But it's very much, it's harder. It's a little bit harder to be able to talk about things like transformation and, you know, What's it called? Like the hero's journey and things like that. When it comes to products, right? Sure. But with service-based, it's those kind of because those are the kind of things that I enjoy personally. So I think just on a personal level, I I I like and I prefer to work with service-based businesses. Great,
0: and and as you were describing that, I'm really curious to tell us a story about one of your favorite client experiences. You don't have to give any names, but tell us about a project that you work on that just really lit your fire and you created a tremendous, uh, result.
1: Okay. So I think that there's like, there's a lot, <laughs> but I think one I want to share is just a very recent client that I had. And I absolutely, I fell in love with the product. Like it was also like service-based as well, but I fell in love with product instantly. So, um, this client talks about puberty for girls, Okay. right? And I absolutely connected to that because, you know, m- most of the things that she talks about are things that are real, these are real problems. And I think that's one thing I especially look out for cl- when I'm trying to like get clients is I want to be sure that you're actually offering a real service and not just, you know, love. I sure. understand the difference between some when you're solving a real problem and when you're just kind of. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, so this client, um, she provides like educational materials, creates discussions and strategies and trainings around helping girls through through their puberty journey, which for me is absolutely beautiful, sure. right? Because this is something that personally I, you know, on a personal level, I didn't grow up where I had so much puberty support. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that's one of the reasons why I especially connected to what she was doing because I kind of saw myself as that little girl. That if I had a, a, a platform like that growing up, I think it, so many things would have been different. Right. Mm-hmm. And she pointed out something that was really key in that. You know, the, the experience that we have in our puberty journey really lives with us almost throughout our lives. And it's so true because thinking back to all the things I experienced back then in my puberty journey and, you know, things that I wish I could change, the things that I feel, okay, it's not so bad and all of that. I think a lot of them, when I sit down today and I think about my life, there are lots of things that have influenced me right now. Based on what happened back then, so what when I, I met with her and um, and then we talked through her hero's journey, I think it was really fun because. She hadn't really worked with any marketing strategies before then. Okay. So just getting to discover all these different things that I was asking her and talking to her about, just walking her through the entire process, defining her strategies, talking about what the goals are, what we want, to the kind of success we want to be able to create for her business. And at that point, she was trying to do a launch. And, you know, so I came in at that point where she was trying to do this launch and we sat down and, we, and I had to you know, let her know, like, you don't just launch. <laughs> you need to have, like, you need to map out a strategy. You need to say, okay, hey, I want to launch this product. What are the pre-launch activities? What are the launch activities? What are the post-launch activities? Because all these different elements need to come together to help you create a successful launch. You shouldn't just show up on the day and be like, hey, I, you know, I, I created this product, this service, please buy what I'm selling. So yeah, so that I think, you know, just, um, I, I really loved working with her. Maybe it was the fact that she hadn't really worked with any strategies before. So most of the things that was asking her, most of the strategies we were discussing were really relatively new to her and she was so excited about the launch and we did the launch and it was amazing. We did a quiz, we had games um, that we played online, we created so much visibility for her, just a lot of people getting to know about the brand and all of that. So it was a really it was a really, really fun time just working with her, mostly because I connected to the brand on a personal level. Right. So yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful story. I
0: love how you (laughs) described um, helping her get clarity on the products and the services that she was offering. Because I know as an entrepreneur myself, that is surprisingly difficult, or I found it surprisingly difficult. I thought I knew what I was doing, Um, and yet my message had not been targeted towards the pain points that my clients or my ideal clients would be experiencing. And having somebody yeah. think through those things together with me has been instrumental. Like I've really needed that guidance to be able to get clear on what it is that I'm even doing. I mean, I have the skill set, right? I can go and do what I'm doing. But marketing is, is a whole different animal to me
1: exactly it's a whole different thing and it's such a key thing that i think most times gets overlooked because a lot of people feel like they can do without it you know they feel like oh i can just show up in people's dms and say hey sign up for my coaching program or maybe you're part of a group i can just you know they have all these days where they announce you know talk about your service or talk about this and i can do that and it can work but i'm like yeah that would work for you but for a very limited time because if you are not approaching and you know i personally talk about content marketing strategy because it is like at the epicenter of every single marketing you are going to be doing you know if you are not approaching marketing with a strategy you are very quickly going to hit a ceiling and what that means is that you are going to reach a limit where you have no more clients you have you've spoken to everybody you tried everything right and then you are going to be stuck right so it's much better when you approach marketing in a strategic way talk about what kind of content should i be putting out there what are my goals what are my like generally because like i always talk about intentionality You are in business for a reason. You're not here to play. You're not here to waste time, right? So you should be getting the stuff done. You should be getting into those strategies, especially if, you know, you really want to create success for yourself. So it's just about knowing this is what I want to do. And then finding every single possible way to get that done.
0: Yeah. There's your determination again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I love that you point out. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so another thing that I'm wondering about as I as the story is unfolding is, at what point did you realize that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? I came to the entrepreneurship late. Like you know, growing up, go to school, get a job, and that was it, right? Uh, it wasn't until I burned out of that first job that I started to think about, it, kind of like what you were saying, like, I could do this better. Right? Yeah. Um, and starting to think, well, maybe I could do that for myself. But that was a really long time for me to really wrap my head around that and believe that I could do that. So tell me a little bit yeah. about your journey in believing that you could be an entrepreneur.
1: So, um, personally for me, I don't think it came from a point of, I feel like I can be an entrepreneur for a really long time. And I absolutely love working with businesses even now. You know, for me, it's all about value. And like, I always talk about intentionality, right? You have to be intentional, even with your product or service. What I mean by that is, so when I, you know, got out of school and um, in my country, there's this like national compulsory service that you do for the country. So you have to do that. And then I also, like from there, I joined the workforce, excuse me. And I did like, I worked in a couple of places and I remember it's strange because I think Generally I've always had kind of like an entrepreneurial spirit so everyone kept saying to me you should start your own business you should start your own business and I said why? <laughs> because for me I didn't really have anything to offer at that point. So what I would say is you know it's not a bad idea to start a business but I can't just wake up in the morning and be like okay oh, hey, I'm going to start a business why right yes. which is what which is what I always encourage my clients to ask themselves is the why? why do you want to start a business? I can't just wake up and say, Oh yeah, because you know, everyone is making money off of entrepreneurship. I feel like, so it took a really long time, like a couple, maybe three, four years at people who kept saying, you know, you should start a business You you start a business. And for me, what I kept saying is I would start a business when I have something to start, when okay. I have value to provide, when I have something that I want to offer. So and you know, I only then started when I actually had something to so offer. My first business is a stock photography company, Okay. right? And that came from a need of. Um, so I am. I have talked about the fact that I used to be a software developer and if you're a developer. You make use of a lot of stock photographs, whether that's for creating a landing page, whether that's in an application or a web app or whatever it is. And I live in Nigeria, which is like Western Africa and, you know, looking at really popular stock photo sites, like on splash or Pixabay, I didn't really get the kind of, um, the quality and the authenticity of photographs for people that looked like me. Sure. Right. And I had noticed that for a really long time. I had been like, okay, like this is a real need. Why isn't anybody doing anything about that? Because I did not see. I didn't see any stock photography company just based in Nigeria. I saw a couple for Africa as a well, whole, but I didn't see anyone for Nigeria. And I kept saying to myself for like two years now nah, somebody's going to pick up on that. Somebody's, somebody's going to do that, right? They're going to realize that they are going to know that this is a real need and they're going to do it. And it took two years and nobody did it until it hit me. And I was like, you know, why don't you do this? <laughs> there you go. So, you know, so that was the point for me is that I now got to a phase where I actually had something to offer, I actually had something to do. So I think generally when it comes to entrepreneurship, it wasn't really like I got to a stage where I felt like I should be an entrepreneur. I really got to a stage where I found value to value to provide and what i always say you know is that it's about the problem that you are providing a solution to so up until the point where you get to or you discover a problem that needs a solution you absolutely shouldn't just be jumping on entrepreneurship for the sake of i want to become an entrepreneur so yeah for me it was the fact that i i strongly believe that for those of us who are blessed with the gift of finding a problem in society or whatever, we are also blessed with the solution to solve that problem. Right. So that's, that's the point I came from.
0: (laughs) Dahlia, thank you for coming back. We had a little technical difficulties. So our conversation where you were discussing about um, what I love, what you were saying about becoming an entrepreneur is don't do it until you have a problem to solve. And that you yeah. added something a little special to that that I haven't heard before is that when you identify, when you know there's a problem to solve, you probably have the solution to that. I love yeah. that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I truly, I truly honestly believe that because I don't know. I feel like you, I, I've, I've honestly seen this before. Like This is like real no jokes where... I have been able to um, work with certain people that, in fact, my friends, right? So this is a very funny story. One of my friends comes to me and, you know, because a lot of my friends know that I'm like the person that you talk to when you have ideas and you want to implement them. (laughs) I don't know. That's like the notion that they have of me. So one of my friends comes to me and he says, he just thought of this amazing app that he could do. And then he explains the app to me, right? And they come to me most times with these ideas because they know that I'm very like aggressive in the way that I approach things. And I would be like, okay, let's sit down. Let's map out the process. How do you want it to work? How are we going to sell it? You know, all of that. And then he talks to me about this brilliant idea. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. Like you should probably do that. But I think then... I wasn't really in the phase to really motivate anybody to do anything. So for me it was like, you got the idea, you get it done. Because I'm not going to keep giving you all this free service, right? Where you can feel like, okay, I'm going to because I hate to pursue people. I hate to like pursue them and be the one to, you know, oh, execute, you know, do your idea, like let it go. If you don't want to do it, you don't want do it, right? So right. When he came to me, he gave me this brilliant idea. I, I told him to get it, like, let's do something about it. He never did anything about it now one year has passed by this is absolute no joke. another of my friends who has never met this one like literally this this my, my second friend we went to the same um went to the same college and this other person i just met him in like postgraduate days right so they had never they didn't know each other this my second friend comes up to me and gives me the exact same business idea. And he's like, I just thought about this app and you know, it could do this and this and this. And I'm just like, what? (laughs) Well, I didn't, I didn't tell him, right. I just sat down and in shock, just listened to everything he said. And I was like, Oh my God, that's a really cool idea. Like you should absolutely do that. Now, the lesson that I get from that is when I say that, you know, when we're blessed with certain, when we're blessed to identify certain problems the universe has given us the solution to find out what that is, right? It's very evident when you look at these two examples and I'm so sure, like if you begin to ask people around the world, you're going to see a lot of examples like that, is that this first person, the universe had blessed him with the, you know, to see this problem and to solve it. And he did nothing about it. He left it there. He was like, okay, no, I don't know. For some reason, he never did anything. Even till this day, he never did anything about it. But the universe then, since you're not ready to operate on that, he gave it to another person, right? Right. So that's that's kind of the way I see it, is that because when you identify a problem, it's not just for the sake of identifying it, right? It's mostly people that have the entrepreneurial spirit. It's mostly people that have the entrepreneurial drive. It's mostly people like us that discover those kind of problems. Because for most people, they won't, they may not even notice that it's a problem. They may just be like, oh yeah, you know, that's how it is. We just, we accept it as it, we just move on. But people with an entrepreneurial spirit, they see a problem, they're like, this needs to be fixed. Even if they don't want to fix it themselves, they're probably Mm -hmm. looking for, maybe that's what you hear about um, co-founders, right? They're like, let me find someone that can work with me fixing this problem. Or even if they don't want to be like direct people to do it, if they have all that money, they look for someone to fund and just get it done, right? So for me, entrepreneurship, maybe because I come from a place of product management, entrepreneurship is mostly about problems and solutions. You identify a problem, you find a solution or you provide a solution to it rather than just, okay, I want to be an entrepreneur. (laughs) So I think generally that's just like the summary of my answer. That is
0: a beautiful piece of advice, I think, for, for all of us. And I wish I would have heard that 10 years ago when I first had that idea. Because I think that if I had heard that when I first kind of saw the problems that I wanted to solve, um, and paired it with the idea that I probably have the solution, I would have applied the, my determination to find that as well. I, it, that was a missing piece. The de- determination was there, and I eventually got to the solution and realized mm-hmm. that I had it. But um, I love it that you're sharing this message because I think that can shorten the time for people to go from inspiration to action.
1: Yeah, they absolutely, like you, you just shoot. Don't don't overthink it, don't overstress it, don't feel like you're at a place where you have nothing to offer. If you have identified that one problem, just, I would say start small because that's the most important thing to avoid burnout, to avoid running out of money. These are real issues that entrepreneurs face every day. You know, so just start small. Like, I don't know why I like to keep getting very technical, but in product management, you would call it an MVP, right? A minimum viable product. So identify what the smallest possible solution is and just start with that. that that's pretty much it.
0: I love that. I love that. Let's switch gears a little bit. Okay. Early on in your introduction, you had mentioned about your first business going belly up. Can we talk about that?
1: Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. I, in fact, I, I, I would love to talk about that because I feel like so many people, we don't talk a lot. We don't talk enough about money, especially when it comes to business. I know that it's a very difficult topic for most people because, you know, you, you find even in my, mar- like in marriages, married couples don't like to talk about how much. they earn. <laughs> so <laughs> I totally get that, you know, it's a very tricky tricky topic for everybody, whether an entrepreneur or not an entrepreneur, but yeah, we should talk a little bit more about that. So when, um, so the major issue, I think there are lots of problems that kind of made us go belly up. The very first thing is that when I started, I started from a place of passion and I have a blog post on why passion isn't enough to start and run a business. And I think that's like first problem that kind of sums it up is that I feel for most entrepreneurs just starting out, especially if you're like a creative, right? You're coming from a place of a lot of passion. I love what I do. I love what I do. I love what I do. That's absolutely fine. But (laughs) we should be talking about money because a business is not a business. If you're not making money, that's like flat, straight out. You need to take that home and write it down somewhere. You right. need to make money, absolutely need to make money. And that was one of my biggest problems that I was coming from a place where I was very passionate about the problem I was solving. And I wasn't thinking so much about how do I make money from this? Right. right. So for the very first year of business, we did not make any money like mm-hmm. zero. We made, And this wasn't because people weren't buying. It was because we weren't offering anything to them. <laughs> Right, So we were all up in the other different things. So um, for the photography company, we had plans for a premium product that, you know, would actually be paid product. But we started from a free product. Right. So come and get your stock photos for free. And it was a good strategy. It's just that we should have thought a lot about money and the paid, excuse me, the paid aspect as well. So I think that's the very first thing is that passion is amazing, but there is, you shouldn't just run with only passion. You should run with passion. You should run with strategy. You should run with resilience. All those things are really important, especially when you're just starting out. Please and please and please, think about strategy. Don't just say, okay, I'm going to start and then later on the strategy will come to me or something like that. Please think about the strategy and just know what exactly are you selling, right? So I think that was the very first thing. The second thing um, is when it came to human resources. So this was my very first business and obviously I wasn't, I wasn't, I'm not a HR person, right? So I am not the best judge of, human resources. I'm not in the best position to hire, (laughs) but I did, right? So I hired the team. I got lots of people involved. Um, some of those people were not the best fit for the job. It had nothing to do with them personally. It's just that, you know, when it comes to business, you need to be able to be very strict and very certain about expectations. If I'm bringing you in to do this job, I need to see results for this job. So I made a lot of mistakes in that angle and the kind of people I hired and how I was generally approaching it. In fact, it was so bad that it got to a point where I can honestly say I was doing almost 80% of what, and I had a team of like eight people, I think between six and eight people. So you can imagine that you have six to eight people working with you and you are doing 80% of the work and you are the business owner. Now that I think about that, it's absurd to me that I could even do that. (laughs) Right. So, that was another major problem because, you know, you give and you give and you give and you get to the point where you really can give so much. And as a business owner, you shouldn't be concerning yourself so much with the busy work, right? You should more concern with concern yourself with the strategy. So I think that was the second thing. The, the third thing, I think... Um... I think the third thing, I'm just thinking about, you know, the money parts, the strategy. So I think the third major reason why I would say we went belly up is just the I've I've talked about, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember things now because, you know, um I think those are the two major reasons, right? I think those were the two major reasons. One is that we weren't doing enough when it comes to... Okay, yes. So I know the third reason why we're building up is that we were doing too many things. Okay. Absolutely, like so much. It was, That's why I like to talk about simplicity, right? Start with one thing, move up. We were doing too many things. So many and with little hands on deck, right? Wanted to try this and try this and try this. And this is kind of... <laughs> In a way, I feel like it's my fault because I'm the marketing strategist here, right? And when you're when you're someone that works a lot with marketing and you have so much knowledge about how so many things can work, you're really excited to try on a lot of things. Let's do an email marketing campaign. Let's launch this product. Let's do this. Let's do that. So it was just too much. And when you do so many things, The fact that our team wasn't the best (laughs) because I was doing the majority of the work and then combined with the fact that we're doing so many things that a a lot of them didn't really make sense. So a lot of them were not necessary. So I think those are the three major reasons why things sort of went down. And then I had to put a pause and say, okay, you know what? I I need to go back, do some re-strategizing and then come back to it. So, yeah.
0: If I could ask you about your money management systems, like do you have intentionality behind how you manage your expenses versus your revenues and what you do with your revenue once that comes in?
1: So when it comes to money management, there are lots of things that I would advise generally. Um, But I think the most important thing that I would tell any entrepreneur is to always, always, always do a financial audit. If you've never heard of a financial audit, it simply means at the end of a given period of time, I do mine at the end of every month, I sit down and I literally review every single thing money-wise. What came in, what went out, What did we spend money on as a business? And even like personally, what were the things that took up the most money this month? Are there things that I need to cut down? Are there things that I need to increase? If something is bringing in more money, then we need to invest more money in that. My, I think my general rule of when it comes to, you know, money stuff in business is I do not spend money on something that isn't going to bring money to me directly right. or indirectly, right? right? So if I'm going to spend money on an ad, it needs to be that that ad is indirectly or directly going to transform into money. So
0: you were telling us about how you manage your money and your habit of sitting down at the end of the month, looking at your revenues, looking at your expenses.
1: Yeah. And then yeah. you were
0: also want to talk about getting a return on your investments. Now, yeah. one of the th- I advise my clients um, based on the systems that we use is that there should be a four times return on investment. So for every expense, I should be getting $4. For every dollar I spend, I should be getting $4. Yeah. Revenue. Now, that sometimes can get a little tricky in terms of doing the math, but it's a mindset, right? It's not about, I'm just spending money to spend money and I'm hoping that it's going to... <laughs> Oh, right, yeah. it's, whole model. it's really, here's what I'm going to spend money on. Now let's look to see what the results are. And as you were yeah. saying, those revenues or those projects or services or products that are generating more money, let's invest more into that. So now you can get to make more intentional, as you say, you like to be intentional, right? About your decisions yeah. about where putting your money. and, yeah. and and it also will help kind of that idea. And I, I'm guilty of this so often of trying to do too much, right? Yeah. So when I see where my money is working most, that's where I can put my attention and put my investment, whether it's my time, energy, or money. Absolutely. Uh, and, yeah. You, yeah. That, that, that's, uh,
1: yeah, that's really insightful. And that's honestly true. Because, you know, for, and I totally relate to trying to do too much, right? It's just our nature as human beings, because a lot of times, number one, we're thinking about how to diversify our income, right? We don't want to imagine that we're entrepreneurs and we're making money from just this one place. And then if that goes, like, if it crashes, we're literally starting from scratch. So... That that's one thing, and another thing is, I mean, a human being's got to try, right? He wants at least, maybe it will work, right? Maybe it will work, maybe it wouldn't. So, but yeah, I totally relate to that. But as much as possible. Just try to limit it. Just try to, for me, I don't know why I keep coming to the word intention, but just try to be intentional about it. Why exactly are you spending this money? You know, what is it going to do for you, for your business? And yeah, I think generally just being sure about what you're putting your money into, because there is such a thing that, you know, you can try a couple of stuff, but I feel like there are certain times when our conscience is actually telling us stick to this thing or, you know, let this go. The human nature of us is just like, oh no, you know, I can try it (laughs) out and see what happens. So it's, it's, it's just, it's, we're human, right? And sometimes we just need to forgive ourselves and be like, yeah, it happens. You move on, you move past that. And it's all in the experience of learning to manage your money better, especially as an entrepreneur, because we should be managing our money much better When a business is like a child, maybe that's me, but that's the way I like to think about it, right? You need to feed your child. You need to give them the nutrients that they need to live. You need to be able to nurture them so that they grow in the right way because growth is very important as well, which is why we talk about sustainability, right? It's not, you're not getting into business as like a get rich squeak. Get rich quick kind of thing, where you're like, oh hey, I'm going to do business for a year. I'm going to hit 10k a 10k month or a 7k month, and I'm out. So mm, no, <laughs> you want to think, <laughs> you want to think more of. I like, think of a business like a baby, right? You have this beautiful baby. You have to nurture them. You have to think about what's best for them. Sometimes you want to spoil them silly, but you're like, nope. The time will come. Sometimes you have to hold back a little bit and sometimes you have to just give off and be abundant and just like, and then, which is the most important part. I know we don't like to think of our kids in this way, but you have your return on investment because when you have a child and you send that child, (laughs) it's crazy. It's crazy, right? But it's true. You send your children to school, you send them to the university or whatever, and then you train them. You have some sort of return on investment (laughs) from that child because when it gets to a point where you are now like, you know, you are really old and you need their support, you want your children to be there for you. You want your children to help you through that process and, you know, all of that. I have very elderly parents, so I so much connect to this. Right. It's just trying to understand that they have done so much for me in raising me and helping me through a couple of things, even though it wasn't everything, but they've done amazingly well. So it's just right to be able to treat them well so that when I have my own children, you know, the process continues. So I think you, know, you we can think of businesses in the same light as well.
0: <laughs> I think that's a beautiful, wonderful. I love that. I have so enjoyed our conversations, your, your passion, your, your inspiration. Before we close up, I would really like you to tell us about what you have coming up, where people can find you.
1: Oh, okay. So, um, I do a lot of things, right, because digital marketing and digital marketing has all these different, you know, areas and fields. But I think the most my focus going forward, which has been my focus, I think, since the start of this year and just moving forward. And I think that is where I've been able to help the most clients that I've worked with is in content marketing. And the reason why I chose content marketing is because I have come to understand that content marketing is at the center of all your marketing efforts. If you can nail your content marketing, then you're good to go, right? Because business is all about attracting your audience, delighting them, serving them, you know, interacting, engaging with them, and then converting them into paying clients, even though you don't offer like a course on, like, even if you have like a community, you just want them to be part of your community. That's still a conversion, right? which is the reason why I focus on content marketing because with content marketing, you are able to do all these things. With content marketing, you are able to attract your audience. Remember we talked about the inbound marketing strategy and the inbound marketing methodology, where rather than going out and literally having to look for people, you can build this beautiful brand that people love. And obviously creating visibility is also an important part of that. So the very first step with content marketing is the awareness stage where you create that awareness about your brand and your business and what you do. You know, you define your brand story and just share with people the values that you want to attract as well. And then the second stage is now the state. stage. And when we say delight in the marketing world, that simply means to serve. It's all about serving. In what way are you serving your audience? Are you solving problems for them? Are you making them happy? Are you creating a safe space where they can, you know, maybe they're maybe your clients are looking for more joy in their life are you creating a safe space for that maybe your clients are looking for a place where they can be free and talk about the things that matter to them maybe they want to talk about motherhood maybe they want to talk about fatherhood whatever it is that they want to talk about are you creating that space where they can get information from you on that thing you know because in delighting them there's, there's like so much to it which is when we go like really in depth into the content strategy right i don't want Thanks. to That's the technical, but yeah. So just generally delighting them is serving them. How are you able to serve them? Because I think one key thing that a lot of business owners don't understand is that in the 21st century, you have to serve before you think about getting paid, which is why, you know, if you've ever read Gary Vaynerchuk's Jab, Jab, Jab book, that's the way marketing works now, especially when you're using the inbound marketing methodology is that you don't just show up and say, oh, hey, this is what I offer. Please come and buy for me. It's not going to work. Nobody knows who you are and right. it may take a while, right? So, which is why you have to spend the time, especially except if you want to buy followers, which I definitely do not recommend for anyone, you actually have to take the time to build a brand that people love. And it is so worth it because... I think generally just like our journey as an entrepreneur is amazing because we get to live the life that we love and still make money from it, which I mean, that's like a dream come true for most people, right? So that's the second phase. And then the last phase of, so the first is attract, second is delight. And then the last phase is convert. And this is where a lot of people thrive. This is where they want to live. But the mistake is that most times they just want to jump the first two and just get to convert. It doesn't happen that way, especially when you are not, you know, creating your content based off of the strategy. Right. So when you right. get to the stage of convert, that's when you, you have proven your authority, you have proven your authenticity, you've shown your authenticity. You now want to be able to, with content marketing again, take your audience through the transformation that you provide. Because for me, marketing is all about, your offer is all about that transformation. Your audience is here, you are here. What happens in between, right? That is the transformation that you provide. So um, for anyone listening to this, if you are struggling with your content marketing, if you are struggling with showing up confidently, whether it's on camera, whether it's in a blog, whether it's in a podcast, whatever it is, If you're at a point where you know that you absolutely have an amazing product or service or offer that you can and should be putting out there. And especially if you are someone that has gotten to the stage where you know that you are ready to be intentional about the success you want to create, which I think is the most important thing. When you get to a point where you say, hey, I am ready to be successful then please and please and please reach out to me and let's create some magic. (laughs) Yeah, because honestly, I I do say it's a very magical process. And it's amazing because we really dive into like your brand story and your hero's journey as a brand. What have you been through? What have you been through? I personally, the way I see content marketing, it's not just about the brand because at the end of the day, you are the hero of your own story right and i think that is what is going to help your content shine out so don't try to hide behind the brand i need you to get in front of things raise up that billboard and say to everyone this is who i am this is what i offer i'm ready to serve you i'm ready to bring about that transformation and let's start making that money that you deserve why not right What a beautiful way to
0: wrap up this conversation, Dahlia. I have enjoyed this so much. Thank you for your (laughs)
1: generosity
0: and for sharing with us so openly today. It's been an absolute delight.
1: It's been an absolute delight, Mary. Thank you so much for having me. And I think for anyone that's listening to this, this is an amazing platform. I really love what you are doing, Mary. I just wanted to put that out there because like i've always said you know stories are such an important to just getting people on an amazing platform like this to share their stories because for anyone listening i feel like especially for people who are starting out in their business we always get to or we always have this feeling of am i alone in this am i the only person am i doing this wrong you know am i crazy I mean, I have had that, <laughs> I've had that thought so many times, like, am I crazy? What am I trying to do here? Right. So I think this is an absolutely amazing thing that you are doing. Just being able to help people connect dots and hear other Entrepreneur stories so that they can know, you know, they may be able to connect to something I said today, they may not be able to connect to it, but they live knowing that this is the way, this is the lifestyle, right? And for me, it's all about the lifestyle. It's all about the journey. It's all about enjoying the process. It's not about just quickly trying to rush through to the end of things. Please and please and please enjoy the journey enjoy the process because things are going to get really amazing really fast that's it so thank you so much mary this has been this i've, I've had so much fun just talking about this <laughs> i hope too all right thank you so much hi
0: this is mary thank you so much for listening to this episode i hope that you are coming away feeling maybe a little inspired maybe a little more informed or maybe just rested most of all i hope you're coming away feeling empowered If you do, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes, but most importantly, please pass along this sense of empowerment to your friends and to your networks. Thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you.